Good morning from San Diego, California. It's uh, Sunday, May 3rd. This is Dr. Paul Wendy uh, coming to you from Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Radio. Uh, this is our first episode of this uh, new radio series, our new podcast. Uh, it's a supplement and add-on um, to the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report uh, newsletter and its sister website, um, which is an educational website, the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report. Um, so we're trying some new things with this. Uh, like I say, this is our first episode. Um, this is not a real scripted uh, event. Uh, we're just trying every week to give you a little update on what's been happening in the markets and the economy, uh, our thoughts on it, uh, and um, you know, hopefully you can get some insights uh, uh, from this, uh, this podcast. Um, the format for this will be that, um, as many of you know, if you subscribe to the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter, uh, we do a commentary every week uh, that's dated on Monday uh, of the week. Um, we don't always get the uh, commentary out on Monday, sometimes quite often it comes out later in the week. Um, this podcast will be a, an update, a supplement to that, um, and that will come out on the weekends, uh, Saturday or Sunday. So with that, let's uh, start into um, the actual commentary. Um, and um, going now to the my copy of the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report uh, newsletter. Uh, the website, again, for that is ivwealthreportnewsletter.com. Uh, IV, like intrinsic value, so ivwealthreportnewsletter.com. Uh, this is the weekly commentary for uh, dated April 27th um, uh, of this year, 2020. And so uh, the headline article for that, um, and I always have a headline article, is sometimes, or the market is sometimes wrong. And here's how that came about. A, um, I was talking with a university student of mine uh, the other day, and he asked the question, he said, why is the stock market going up when there is so much bad economic news? Uh, why indeed is that? Um, well, you know, that got, to think, uh, got me to thinking. Um, so we talked about it a little bit, and I wanted to share with you, and I shared with the, uh, the readers of the, um, the commentary uh, section here, uh, some some reasons for that. Um, so, you know, here, here's kind of the thought on that. Markets are not supposed to be wrong, um, are they, is the question. Uh, the stock market's a leading economic indicator. Uh, the stock market is supposed to be forward-looking by its uh, very nature. Uh, the Federal Reserve looks at the stock market for guidance on setting monetary policy. And the president, president of the United States, uh, all presidents, by the way, not just Donald Trump, uh, look at the stock market. Uh, so if the stock market is so important, how can it possibly um, be wrong and be so wrong in many cases? Well, there's a few reasons for that. Um, you know, the first is that markets simply, and by the way, any markets, not just the stock market, but markets simply reflect the collective opinion of all of the participants um, in that market. So um, because they reflect the, reflect the collective opinion, and in the case of the stock market, um, it, it happens very, very quickly with all the um, you know, available information that's, that's really um, digested into the market um, or put into the market pretty quickly. Um, that we can say that the market's efficient, okay? But it's not always correct. So it's efficient in the sense that the, mar the information's out there, people get it on a very, very timely basis. Um, so, it, they can, so they can get the information, but again, when they process it, it's not necessarily correct. 
The second reason that the um, market is not always right is that if one believes in the wisdom of crowds, um, which I do, by the way, <clears throat> then over time markets uh, may converge on a correct solution. They may not, but they may um, uh, converge on a correct solution. Um, but this could take time and many iterations um, uh, to get there. So in other words, to reach an equi equilibrium point, um, there's an adjustment process. Buying and selling takes place until markets reach long-run equilibrium. Uh, that's really the supply and demand nature of markets. And because that process can take time and the short-run markets can be wrong. Now, third reason is that markets uh, uh, can be wrong are that um, you know, markets are dynamic, especially the stock market. Um, there's always new information coming at the market. Um, comes very, very quickly. It's widely distributed to everybody. Um, and because of this, the, the stock market is um, ever-changing as new information comes out. Um, and it's always adjusting to the information. Um, and again, as I said before, it can take time and many, many iterations uh, to get to a correct equilibrium if it is going to get to a cor correct equilibrium. Um, uh, but because these new developments are happening all the time, it's continuous. Um, and uh, you know, the in new information is constantly changing and constantly evolving. Uh, the markets are always having to evaluate um, new information in a very dyna dynamic environment, and that can take time. Now, a fourth factor that the markets uh, might be wrong in the short term um, are that you know markets are increasingly being driven by computer algorithms. Um, this has been so in the last probably 15 or 20 years, um, and the uh, people that are using these algorithms tend to be very, very large institutions, big hedge funds, big mutual funds. Um, that are driving a large, large part of the market. And the algorithms, um, you know, no one really knows how any one particular algorithm is working because they're, they're black boxes by their very nature. Um, you know, the, the, the people that own and write the algorithms don't tell you how they work. Um, what we do know is that many of the algorithms are momentum driven. Um, and, uh, and we also know that quite often they're wrong, but because they're such a large factor in the market, um, they, do, um, they do have a significant influence. So the bottom line is that the markets are sometimes wrong. Um, and this can be seen quite clearly in a chart that we have published in our. So what this chart shows is that um, the markets quite often are wrong, somewhere around at least 20% of the time. Um, by the way, you can access this chart by going to our uh, sister website, um, which is ivwealthreport.com. Uh, again, that's like IV, like intrinsic value, ivwealthreport.com. And um, that's a free sign-up for that, that website. But you'll have to go to the link um, in our commentary for the intrinsic value newsletter.com uh, uh, website. And uh, that'll take you the, uh, to the link to the chart. It's the bottom of this um, uh, headline article for the commentary <clears throat> that we have for this week. So what happens is that um, the the market, uh, by this by what this chart shows, uh, the market becomes overvalued um, uh, for various periods of time, um, you know, much as it did um, in uh, you know before this coronavirus situation uh, occurred. Um, up, you know, at that time, the market valuation was at a price-to-earnings price ratio of somewhere around 25 or so. Um, and we'll talk here in a few minutes about uh, the current valuations and so forth, uh, which is not really still a particularly cheap market. Um, but in any event, 
Um, this chart that's in the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report um, is a chart that was put together by Credit Suisse, the Federal Reserve, and some other groups. Um, and again, it shows quite clearly that, uh, that the market um, at various points in time has been um, uh, you know, quite overvalued and quite wrong. Perhaps a good way to sum up uh, this discussion is by um, telling you a quote uh, from the very famous investor Benjamin Graham. Um, and by the way, Benjamin Graham was a uh, professor uh, back in the 1930s um, who we know today sometimes as the father of um, value investing. And uh, Benjamin Graham had a couple of very famous students. Uh, one of them is uh, Warren Buffett and the other is uh, John Templeton. So what B Benjamin Graham said is that in the short run, the market is like a voting machine, uh, but in the long run, it's like a weighing machine. Let's uh, think about that for a second again. Uh, in the short run, the market's like a voting machine, um, and in the long run, it's like a weighing machine. And we'll talk about this concept uh, more in coming podcasts um, and in uh, commentaries for the, uh, the newsletter. I want to take a few minutes now and go through some of the um, economic and investment highlights uh, from uh, the, the previous week to um, April 27th. Um, short selling positions uh, against the stock market had, have reached a new, new highs. Uh, another interesting uh, thought here is that CalPERS um, has sold, uh, sold actually back uh, last year. They sold hedge positions, but had they kept those hedge positions, um, they would have reaped a windfall of over a billion dollars um, when the markets uh, later uh, plunged uh, this year. Uh, U.S. steel markets are cutting output in response to slowing in the manufacturing sector. Um, and then a Wall Street Journal uh, NBC News poll showed that Americans are concerned about lifting the stay-at-home orders too soon. I'm very concerned about that as well, but uh, it looks like a significant number of Americans, other Americans are concerned about that as well. Uh, retailer Neiman Marcus is preparing uh, to file for bankruptcy protection. Um, it actually hopes that it will be, open, be able to open most of its stores again after the, uh, the pandemic. Um, states are burning through the reserves they've set aside for unemployment benefits uh, because they've been having to spend so much in unemployment benefits with the um, enormous increase in uh, unemployment uh, filings. Um, now an interesting and a good uh, note here is that many tech companies are benefiting, uh, actually benefiting from this pandemic um, because their technologies are becoming increasingly important uh, in this new coronavirus environment. Uh, the Senate and House, House passed a bill to provide an additional hundreds of billions of dollars um, in new aid to small businesses and hospitals. Uh, on a global basis, at least 18 million uh, European workers have been affected um, in the past month as a part of this uh, uh, global market uh, job turndown and the economic crisis that's really going on globally. Um, on a not-so-great note, uh, the pandemic is expected to affect the financial condition of Social Security. Um, and Social Security, Social Security is um, forecast to actually pay out more in benefits than it earns in the year 2021. There were an additional 4.4 million people that filed for unemployment a uh, week before last. Um, 
there is becoming an increasing concern that we're going to be running out of meat as meat production has fallen. And um, if you've been out there shopping in the markets, you've probably seen that, uh, uh, that it's hard to find meat. And um, if you find any at all, it's probably not the, uh, the cut of meat that you want. Uh, J.C. Penney's is another uh, retailer uh, out of the many that are experiencing problems. Uh, and it's an, it, J.C. Penney is an advanced talks for uh, bankruptcy funding. And then uh, many of the large retail chains have said that they um, uh, plan to reopen slowly uh, once the states start uh, reopening. Um, so they're not going to rush back in. And um, so um, the markets ended up on April 24th. Uh, again, when we write our commentary, it's as of Monday. So as of Monday, April 27th, looking back at that previous Friday, uh, all the indexes were down. The Dow was down 1.9%. The S&P was down 1.32%. And the NASDAQ was down 0.2%. The 10-year treasury, treasury yield uh, ended the week at 0.594%, um, less than six-tenths of a percent. Uh, gold closed at $1,723.50 for the week, and oil closed um, at $16.94 for the week. That was after having, uh, on Monday, the April 20th, crashed down to a minus $30 range uh, for, a, for the price of a barrel of oil. I want to talk next about some short-term uh, economic indicators that we follow. Uh, these, are, these four are actually produced by um, several branches of the Federal Reserve. Uh, so the first one is the Arubo Diebold uh, Scotty Business Condition, uh, Conditions Index, which is um, run and published by the um, uh, Federal Reserve of Philadelphia. Um, and their uh, indicator, so the, the indicator had been running, um, uh, you know, right around the zero line, a little bit above. Um, uh, the indicator had been trending up from having dipped uh, somewhat in 2019 um, and kind of reflecting the uh, pretty good economy that we're in. Um, then the indicator, uh, being a short-term indicator, uh, picked up on the uh, deteriorating, the rapidly deteriorating uh, condition of the economy, and really had a huge drop. Some of the, a um, uh, couple of the previous uh, commentaries I did for the Intrinsic Value News, re news Report, uh, Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter, uh, talked about that significant drop that the um, uh, Ruba Diebold uh, Scotty Business Condition Index picked up. Um, the GDP Now um, Index. Um, uh, from the Federal Reserve um, shows uh, for the second quarter of this year expects a minus 12.1% uh, drop in second quarter GDP. Um, the Chicago Fed National Activity Index um, uh, showed that there was a uh, significant drop in March uh, from February. February the um, indicator was at a plus 0 0.06 positive 0.06 and dropped to a minus 4.19 in March. Again, these short-term economic indicators really are just picking up uh, what we're seeing just every day when we look around what's happening uh, around us, what we're reading in the paper, what we're seeing forecasters um, uh, tell us and so forth. The American Association of Individual Investors has a uh, survey that they publish on a weekly basis where they get 
uh, indications from their members as to what their members are expecting um, for the uh, for the the markets. And um, the uh, most recent uh, survey from AAII showed um, that 30.6% of their members expect um, a relatively strong uh, market um, for this year um, coming up. Um, that about 25.4% are neutral and about 44% are bearish on the market. Uh, by, the way, by the way, the average um, indicator for AAII in this survey is a 38%. Um, the latest gross, gross output uh, number came out uh, April 6th. Uh, that comes out on a quarterly basis. And it actually showed that in the latter part of 2019, um, the, uh, the gross output indicator had showed a, already a drop in, in the fourth quarter of 2019. Um, so, uh, you know, looking ahead, I'm not sure that it saw the coronavirus coming, but it did show some, uh, some, some weakness. Um, interestingly enough, the, uh, one of the surveys that we follow um, is one that's published by the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia called the Survey of Professional Forecasters. And just to show you how quickly this uh, economic situation deteriorated, um, in their February 14th report, um, the, uh, they were expecting a you know, reasonably um, uh, uh, healthy economy, kind of in the area of about 2%, 2% uh, growth in GDP. Um, now, by the way, this, February, this, this report was done February 14th of 2020. And um, so they were uh, also expecting unemployment to be, uh, you know, re relatively um, moderate, around, uh, uh, you know, 3.6% uh, to 3.7%, um, increasing to 3.9% in 2023. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, unemployment had gone as low as 3.5%. Um, which is the lowest it had been like in 50 years. That was, that was a fairly recent reading. Um, so this forecast was you know, more or less consistent with what we've been seeing in, in this very, very you know, relatively strong economy. Uh, we call it a Goldilocks economy, not too hot and not too cold. Um, it was running about, uh, you know, not too hot, not too cold, just about right. And it was running about a 2 to 3% economy before the coronavirus um, hit us. And... Um, uh, so when, um, you know, then the coronavirus hit and we're right in between uh, the forecasting period for the, um, uh, the survey of professional forecasters. I call it the Phil Fed survey, Philadelphia Federal Reserve survey, because their last report was done February 14th um, and their next one's not due till May 15th um, of this year. Um, however, uh, a group that I belong to, the National Association for Business Economists, NABE, as we call it, N-A-B-E, um, they did a flash survey on April 10th. So they're capturing the most recent um, uh, data, at least as of April 10th, is what was happening with the economy. And um, so in their survey, they were actually uh, looking at a first quarter uh, decline of 2.4%. Uh, they were expecting a minus 26.5% decline in the second quarter. But then surprisingly, they're expecting a 2% um, increase in the third quarter and a 5.8% increase in the fourth quarter of this year. I personally don't see how that's going to happen. Um, you know, I do these, I've been doing these uh, commentaries um, 
every week for quite a number of years now. And so I run through the headlines, and I'm not seeing any good economic news on the, on the horizon. I think the economy is in much worse shape than most people um, uh, realize it is. And um, so I, I, I'm having a little trouble understanding how they can see an increase in the third and fourth quarters. Well, I do understand their, their reasoning. I just don't agree with them. Um, by the way, the first quarter numbers did come out. Um, so they were expecting a minus 2.4% drop in the first quarter. The actual number was a minus 4.8% drop. So actually uh, exactly double uh, what they had forecast. Um, they're forecasting a 26.5% drop in the second quarter. I've seen uh, forecasts of as much as um, 35 or 40%. Um, for unemployment, um, they're looking at uh, Q1 unemployment of 3.8%. Uh, uh, median unemployment rate for Q, uh, Q2 of this year, they're expecting 12%, um, and then they expect unemployment to fall back to 9.5% and um, 6% uh, by the end of 2021. Um, inflation, they're kind of expecting to be in about the area of 1.7% um, uh, inflation, which, one, which is what one would expect when in a, an economy that's down like this. Um, you certainly don't expect to be to see high inflation, at least not in the short term. Although I think some of the things the uh, the government's doing with flooding the economy with uh, with money, like they're doing and um, and so forth, I think that could be in the long run very inflationary. We'll talk more about that in future podcasts. Um, but uh, you know, one big concern is not that we have inflation, but that we actually have deflation, uh, and that's certainly a possibility as well. Um, so moving along, uh, let's talk about the um, the stock market uh, valuations and um, and the position that we're taking with uh, with where we think investors should be. Um, the the market is not, in in my opinion, um, a bargain at this point in time. Uh, the latest reading for market valuation actually comes from this Friday's um, market close. Um, this past Friday, that is May 1st. Um, and the market uh, at close on Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at a historical uh, historic PD ratio of 19.27, and the S&P 500 was at a price earnings ratio of 20.3. Uh, that is not a cheap market. Um, and just for point of reference, before we went into this uh, economic crisis and the huge drop in the market, um, the price earnings ratios were running about 25. Um, now that chart that I mentioned uh, before in the headline uh, article section um, talks about valuations and shows the historical valuation ranges and the expected 10-year uh, return um, you know, based on, on any given level of, of market valuation. Um, our estimate of what fair market valuations should be are in the 15 to 18 range of PD ratio. So PD ratio of 15 to 18. So PD ratios of 19 for the Dow and 20 uh, for the S&P 500, that's, that's not cheap. And given all the bad economic news um, that we're seeing, and frankly of coronavirus that they haven't really even figured out uh, completely how to address yet, um, there's been no vaccine yet. There's been no real effective treatments. All that's still ongoing. There's just still so much uncertainty that we don't 
uh, we don't know about. So again, I don't know, I don't see the economy recovering, at least at this point in time, I don't see it recovering um, uh, a lot in the latter part of this year. And I think these market valuations um, being as, as high as they are given the bad economic news, um, I, I think they could be wrong on that. And that gets back again to our headline article, uh, sometimes the markets are wrong. So where should investors uh, be, um, you know, what, what should position should we as investors take? Um, well, certainly now is not the time to be jumping in back in with both feet, I don't believe. Um, if someone wanted to kind of keep just a regular investment program up, I don't suppose there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I wouldn't be, be, you know, putting a lot of money into the market right now. You know, find good companies um, that, you know, uh, have good, good long-term prospects that are valued reasonably, not like the market where it's overvalued. Um, but, it, but again, I think you can sit on the sidelines for a little, little while longer. We'll continue to monitor this and we'll let you know when we think it's time to go back in in a big way. Um, and I'm not trying to time the market, I'm just saying that with so much bad news out there, um, I just don't think it's time to get into the market in a big way. Well, that's all I have for this week. Um, I would invite you to uh, subscribe to the Intrinsic Value, uh, news, uh, Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter. Um, it's a pay-what-you-want format because um, we know that you know everyone gets different benefit out of it. So you can subscribe for as little as a dollar or pay up to $99. I would encourage, uh, actually ask you not to pay $99 right now. Just pay a dollar, see if you like it, see if it, it's helpful. Um, these podcasts will always be um, uh, free, no charge, or at least I anticipate they'll always be at no charge. Um, so, you know, just get your feet wet with the newsletter, uh, pay a dollar uh, for a year, and if it's a real benefit to you, you can always throw in more money later if you choose. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, have a good rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you next week.